They didn't show name it, and uh, they say it ain't easy being green. Are you ready? The New York Jets can beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. The New York Jets. I think Jet fans. Jet fans. Jet fans. Are very passionate. Are Thank you, all you fans. They got their guy. Darnold falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. That's such an upside. I think Jet fans. Very passionate. Brady sucks. Don't be sucks. Come on, an unbeliever. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast, broadcasting to you live from beautiful, amazing, picturesque Crystal Lake Studios in Putnam Valley, New York. My name is Keith Farrell. I am joined, as always, by my colleague and co-host, none other than the biggest Jet fan in the state of Texas, Michael Lagaris, everybody. You know it! Also on the line... You know him, you love him, the majestic beast, the big stinking Wookiee, Nicholas Kronk. What is going on, everyone? And we got a special treat for our episode before the season really tips off here. Our boys from Weapons Hot joining us to preview 2020. What's up, guys? What's going on, fellas? Guys, I'm going to tell you something. I'm so thankful for being here today. I've had a ridiculous day. You don't even know how much how much I actually need this tonight. I started a new job today. Great, great opportunity. Way more money, way. And I mean, like, like you know, almost double-digit dollars per, you know, uh, an hour. So so I'm, I'm living. I come home. My car's overheating. The, the, my laptop's acting up. My phone's not acting right. All of this is going on right now. And I'm, I look, I need, I need this tonight. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having us. Excuse me. Let's get it in. Let's go. It's been rough, bro. It's been rough. I mean, rough for all of us, you know, and rough for the for the New York Jets. But there's something else that may bring you some comfort, and that's Denzel Mims back at practice, son. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's right. Every little bit helps. Every little bit's going to be helping Sam. And, 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 I, and I feel so much better now. Thank you again. <laughs> I feel so much better now. It looks, like, it looks like the Jets coming out of that green and right scrimmage, which we're all going to get to right now. Looks like we dodged a bullet with Piran. Injury's not a big deal with him. Mims back in practice today. Looks like we're trending in the right direction health-wise for week one. I'm feeling good about it, Mike. Now, let's get into that green and white scrimmage. Now, we actually scored a couple touchdowns. Sam was able to throw a couple touchdowns. One to Bell, one to Hogan. Defense Defense uh, kind of got the upper hand in the offense for most of the day, but coming out of the green and white scrimmage, Mike, no major injuries, no issue with P. Ryan there. Offense looked a little bit better. We didn't feel that great about the way we were going health-wise with the Jets. Even even if everyone is healthy, we know we don't necessarily have the most weapons on offense. If we have injuries, we're going to be in a real tough spot. But coming out of the green and white scrimmage, Mike, offense pointing up, defense looked good, all signs pointing the right directions for week one versus Buffalo. It was definitely an improvement from what we've been seeing. Now, when we went into the draft, we had Perriman, we had Crowder, and we understood that an approach like that was risky. They went and got Denzel Mims in the second round. We were excited about Denzel Mims. We said, okay, you know, we're gonna, this guy is gonna try to, we're gonna try to make this guy a large portion of the offense. Let's see how everything rolls. Starter training camp, dude is out with a hamstring, right? Going through the first couple of weeks, like we talked about before, Perriman is looking really good. And then all of a sudden, cats start going down. Perriman's out, right? Then, you know, Denzel Mims is obviously out. Cager starts step, gets stepping up. He's gone. We had Jeff Smith. Jeff Smith gets hurt with a with a shoulder injury. Vincent Smith, core, out six weeks or however long he is. So there's literally, like, nobody, right? And this last week, I've been hearing that the offense is stuttering. The offense isn't doing anything. Sam isn't really looking that good. He's throwing to the cats like... Uh, Josh Malone and Jehu Chason. Like who? Who? Oh, like who are these? Who are these oh, people? You know what I'm saying? So it, it has not looked good, and and we have been hearing from all these different beat writers, all these reporters, that the Jets' offense is in trouble. That there is nobody on offense. Herndon gets t- chest tightness. He's gone. Um, but come that that uh, green and white scrimmage, the first drive stalled and. And uh, it stalled against the first team defense. Okay, so they didn't, they weren't able to score on that in the first half against the first team defense. Second team defense, Sam brought the team 
all the way down from 71 yards. He was six for eight, two incompletions. Touchdown, Hogan. Field goal, Ficken. And we felt better because Sam manufactured value with trash on the team. He was throwing the bell. He was throwing a... Hey, this is the fact. He was throwing the bell. He was throwing... I was, I was, texting, uh, I was texting CJ on it, too. He was, he was hitting Bell. He was hitting Crowder. He was hitting Bell. He was hitting Crowder. He, you know what, Sam? Do whatever you got to do. But the thing that I like is the fact that if you can manufacture value with this talent, then that means that you are progressing the way I'm hoping you will progress so that when you do get the guys back, like like Denzel Mims, you know what I'm saying, and Perriman, then that will be just much more added value. So good takeaway from the green and white, just as far as the offense and the defense uh, uh, was able to stop the offense. So good. I had some good feelings. Uh, and, and first, if, if I can just say this, thanks for having us on again, guys. Really kind of missed you guys. Uh, congratulations on the wedding, all that. Listen, just just really big deal. Um, but as far as, the, as far as the game is concerned, man, realistically, the expectations for this season are, you know, they're, they're kind of up and down, right? I mean, we, we're saying that we're expecting the team to be able to look decent if the offensive line plays well. Um, but then we're also questioning, you know, the, the talent. We, we don't have receivers, and our running backs are getting hurt. Our tight ends are, are, are struggling. All of these things are happening. And then we start getting all of these reports. Okay, it's not looking good. The offense is, 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 is struggling. And, I mean, we kind of expected it. So going in – or, excuse me, going into the game, the expectations weren't necessarily high. Coming out of the game, I, I, I think we were starting to get to a point where maybe we might have some expectations. But only because and, – and, and I'll speak for myself here. Only because Sam Donald is throwing touchdowns to stock boys and, you know, car wash guys and, 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 and accountants and, and grocery back boys. So he, it, it, it's not it's not like he's doing this with, you know, even even the questionable talent that we were excited about going into the season with. Think about that. Because we're excited about these guys, but they're still questionable. There's no, you know, there's no solid in anything. So if right. Sam Donald, who, who, who is the most important player at this point, if Sam Donald is able to show that he can make those types of things happen, throwing to the water boy and, and the assistant trainer, then I think we bombed. Just imagine when that, these guys right. are, start, are they're starting to come back now. I'm not going to talk about this all night, but I mean, that to me, that's, that's the entire takeaway. Sam Darnold is the guy. If he can score touchdowns with, uh, what, what, what's his name, che, uh, Jehu Chasen? Yeah, where, where was where was it? Where was this guy a couple days ago? I mean, I, I, I mean, he, I, I was about to call Wookie and ask him to go try out for the Jets. Maybe run three yeah, tight end sets. No, you, yeah, Ooh. and get a stretcher while you're at it, right? <laughs> yeah, Fifteen sets. <laughs> Wookie does have his jersey retired up in Marrakesh. He's one of the most legendary Red Foxes of all time. One of the greatest tight ends in the history of the no, school. Not even close. <laughs> I might, I might, I might be exaggerating just a little bit with Wookie's skills. But, trust me. <laughs> but he, you know, he was in the Hall of Fame of effort, though. Uh, but, but getting oh, yeah. back to the Jets, CJ, what are you feeling, man? The offense. I know we have so many guys injured, so many question marks. How are you feeling, bro? You think... That with us getting a little bit healthy, we should get back on track? Or do you think the fact that Sam hasn't really been able to get everybody on the same page, even practice with all of his guys, where he's going to start off kind of a step behind when the year starts off, bro? I think that now with the injury bug kind of coming and going and us starting to get ourselves back at full strength before week one versus Buffalo, I think that Sam's heading in the right direction. And I think it's going to give him a little bit of an opportunity to try to develop some chemistry with uh, his mainstay players and guys that, uh, in my opinion, should be making the 53-man roster hands down. Now, that being said, you know, there's there's quite a few things that annoyed me about that green and white scrimmage. And as a matter of fact, you know, as I was talking to Mike off the air, I'm going to lay it out there. Your boy CJ is incredibly pissed off tonight. Incredibly pissed off tonight. I can tell. So, you know, I mean... I, I'm about to lay the smack down on, on some people. I, I really am. Because I am just so absolutely disgusted with the New York's Jet with the New York Jets beat writers and just all the reports coming out of Jets camp at all. You know, it's like, can you guys give us a little bit of positivity? Just a, just a, a little bit? Can can we stop reading articles 
that the sky is falling every 10 seconds? Can we? Can we do that? Possibly. Can we talk about Sam Darnold's development and the fact that he's making plays with trash garbage receivers that probably next week are going to be bagging groceries in your local public's grocery store? Okay? Can we can, can we talk a little bit about that? But, oh, Sam Darnold's going to struggle. Oh, the offense is going to struggle. Yeah. Oh, you know, what are you assholes looking at? What are you looking at? What? Are you looking at tape from three years ago? What are you looking at? Pull your heads out of your ass. You got press credentials for a reason. Use them. You are a professional journalist. Write a story that tells the facts, not what you believe to be the facts. I'm so sick and tired of these beat writers beating on this team. What more do you want? This is exactly. And, and, and let me just say this. CJ, bullseye, 100, the whole thing. Um, the, the problem that we're having, and I'm, I'm going to stand on my soapbox for like 10 seconds, I'm going to get off, right? The problem that we're having is that this is the Jets. Right. And y'all always, y'all always hear me say this. this is the Jets. Right. I, I love this team. A bleed, green and white, no question. But we haven't been a good team. We just, we just really haven't. And the fact of the matter is, is that the, the reason why we get treated the way we do is because we really haven't been a good team. And now, as we're starting to see some, some light and we're starting to see some shine, um, these guys they still haven't transitioned yet. And as fans and as people who actually do follow the team as much as we all do. Um, I, I think we might be a little bit of a step ahead because they're still kind of, you know, running the old retread. They're going for clicks. They're going for for the bait that's going to get people to come in and read. And you know, as of right now, I think we're. I think as fans, we're getting sick of it. The players obviously are getting sick of it. As, as uh, you know, going back to the reporting from a few weeks ago, where they're just all sick and tired of losing. Um, but yeah. you know, the, the, the beat writers have always been suspect here. Um, yeah, and then. And what well, I'm saying is that I agree with you, and that and they've been trained that way for almost a decade of losing. Writing negative headlines is what's normal, and that's what's going to get readership. And that to exactly what you said. I mean, I hate to say this, but the name of our show is based off of the moniker of the New York Jets. It ain't easy being green, son. I mean, it's not. You know what I'm saying? It's not a positive. It's. A, you know what? When um, Marcus May went out with a calf, I tweeted, it ain't easy being green, folks. That thing got retweeted like 20 times. <laughs> you know what? You know what's funny, though, Mike? <laughs> Mike, there's not many teams that have, uh, just lending to CJ's point, there's not many teams where you see beat writer or journalist, like, say, I'm Manish Mehta, who basically is his goal is just to bury the Jets at every turn all the time. And I'm not saying some of the things he says aren't true or that Adam Gase should be looked at as some great coach. I don't think any of us are in love with Adam Gase. But right. it's, it's very rare you see a beat reporter cover a team that usually weaves negativity into most of the things he's putting out there. And I think that's kind of lending to what CJ's saying is it's kind, it's kind yeah. of almost, it's almost systemic with the Jets where you look at the Jets last year. And I, I understand, guys, where we finished was... Last in almost everything, right? In offense, and guess what? We still went six and two at the end of the season. We had the worst offensive line in the league. So if you just if you just use your mind, what CJ's saying to everybody, if you just go ahead and go, here's logic. If we go from having the worst line in the league to having just an average offensive line, and our defense this year with Ashton Davis and some of the additions we've had, I know we're not going to have CJ Mosley, but if everybody stays healthy, our defense shouldn't drop off too far with an offensive line that can actually protect Sam, give him any type of time in the pocket, actually block a few guys on the line, give our running backs any type of time to find a hole, why are the Jets going to be as bad as people are saying on offense? And injuries, I get it. We're not naive. If all these guys are injured, if Perryman's hurt and Mims is hurt, they're not going to do well. Nobody's saying that, but if, 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 all, if these guys are okay, and if Sam is the quarterback we all think he is, if Sam is the quarterback he was the last eight games of last season, guess what, everybody? Last eight games of last season, we didn't have as good a talent as we have right now on our team, and we right. still went six to two. Right. So what are we talking yeah. about? You know what I'm saying? Like, we didn't have anybody the last eight games of the season last year. Bell was averaging three yards a carry. We won six. We went six to two. As Jet fans, we almost have to make excuses. 
we almost have to apologize for the fact that we went six and two because people go, oh, well, look at your look at the schedule you played. Any other team goes six and two, they could point to it as something positive. The Jets, though, with Sam, it's always something negative around it. Yeah. And, the, Bills, and even, the Bills went. The Bills went, and they're Super Bowl. They're Super Bowl contenders right now. Josh Allen is the 87th best player in the NFL. To your point. To your point. But the Jets, oh yeah, seven and nine. You would think they were one and fifteen, the way everyone talks about this team. You would think that, but they were seven and nine, dude. I mean, it's like ridiculous, you know. Like Keith just brought this up. All right, the Jets went six and two, you know, and then everybody wants to just start talking about, oh well, you know, you're, uh, look, look who you guys played. Look, nobody knew the Giants were going to be a train wreck. Nobody knew that the Washington what? Redskins were going to be a train wreck. Okay, I mean, look, the Jets had quality wins against quality opponents last year. We took, I mentioned this on the on the, the last episode of Weapons Hot, which aired this past Sunday. I invite everyone to go to, to go and check it out on Spreaker.com. So, shameless plug right there. But dude, I brought up the game with the with with the the Las Vegas Raiders. Okay, or whatever that they're calling themselves this week. Okay, we took them out woodshed thirty four to three. Not one single positive report came out about that. That was probably one of Adam Gase's best coached and play-calling games ever as a New York Jets head coach last year. Not one little bit, not one little bit of credit for Gase, for Darnold, completely decimating that friggin' Oakland Raiders secondary. Not to mention Renfro's Renfro's rib. Right, well, that too. You know, I mean, freaking. The, the problem is, is that it's like, you know, when we lose, oh, the team sucks. When we win, oh, well, let's complain about the fact that you didn't win by 50. You only won 34-3, okay? But the Oakland Raiders, when the Jets played them last year, was a playoff team, okay? Yep. They were in the playoff hunt, okay? They were, they were, they were in contention for their own division, all right, so everybody just needs to shut your mouths, quit with the negativity, and go take that bullshit someplace else, because this team is on the rise, and whether you realize it by this team smacking the shit out of their opponents this upcoming season, or whether you start seeing the Jets making moves and making... Uh, doing things that big boy football teams do. Either way, this New York Jets franchise has finally got the arrow pointed up. Y'all better start getting with the program now. That's what I'm saying. We ain't looking at green and we, we're not looking at the world through green and white goggles anymore. I ain't waving no green and white pom-poms or, or, or being a homer. I'm stating facts, ladies and gentlemen. So let me ask a let me ask a question, Keith, to you. Uh, injuries. So we have the injuries that we were discussing before. How concerned are you with? We know the Jets are pointing up. We know Sam is doing much better. Now it looks like you know we had all of these different people who were hurt, but we got a bunch of people back today. Cager is back. Mims is back. Chris Hogan is playing. Brashard Perriman was running today. Isn't back yet. Um, you know, uh, we don't have Jeff Smith. We don't have Vincent Smith. We signed Dante Moncrief. He caught a bomb today from Sam 70 on Austin and signed a guy named DJ Montgomery. But, you know, the offensive line, Alex Lewis is a little banged up. Van Roten is back. Uh, tell me, Keith, um, what do you think with these injuries? Do you think that we're going to have almost everybody back by the time we play the Bills? And are you worried that a lot of the offensive pieces have not played all camp if that's going to affect their ability to play on the field and Sam's and our ability to win. I mean, what worries you is this, guys, is that what we had to hope for is a lot of ifs. If Perryman is as good as he was the last five games last season, and if that's who he's going to really be, if he's a guy that can come in and play on the outside, that XY receiver position, and be the last five games of last season, he played five games in a row better than Robbie Anderson ever played in his life. Yep. If that's if that's the guy Perriman's gonna be, that big if, that'd be huge. But guess what? Banged up early in camp, looked good. 
giant question mark right now. Mims, same thing. If Mims is as good as we all think he is, if he lives up to some of the hype, and I know he fell, I know a lot of guys went before Mims, but all of us have a good feeling about him. If he's as good as we think he could be, that's big time. Again, hasn't played with Sam, hasn't been able to develop that chemistry. So you can look at it two different ways, Mike. You can look at it obviously as if those guys aren't there week one, that's not going to be good for Sam. But you can look at another way where he's been able to develop a little bit of chemistry with a guy like Hogan. I yep. think our slot position with a guy like Berrios and Crowder, we're pretty solid in the slot. Crowder saw last year 80 catches the most of his career. Crowder's really good. If everybody comes back, if we play week one and we have Perryman and Mims and Crowder and Herndon and Bell's fine and we don't trade him before week one on some crazy shit because of Adam Gase, you know what I'm saying, guys? If P. Ryan's fine, if we have all those guys healthy, then I feel good about week one. This season, for every team in the league, camp has been a complete wild card. Right, some guys are in, some guys are out, some guys have COVID. It's like such a it's such a different preseason than most preseasons. And I think maybe people could argue you need more reps than ever before because you don't have games. I totally understand that. I'm not saying you don't. But if we're all 100% healthy week one, I'm more concerned about the offensive line all being healthy. That's kind of the, our offensive success this year, I think it's going to kind of hinge on that, the offensive line health. Yeah. Um, I'm really interested to hear what CJ and Kevin think about this. I know we've been banged up throughout training camp so far. I'd much rather be banged up in training camp than be banged up that first month of the season and just go 0-4. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean, guys? Like, yeah. if, if we're going to have these right. nagging injuries and stuff, I'd much rather right. be in August where all these other teams are doing the same thing. All these other teams are playing catch-up just like us. I'd rather have it happen then than do what we did last year, which is we lost game one, Sam gets mono. The next three games, we had to mail in, right? By the time we picked our heads up, we're 0-4. So, I don't know. I, I, there's a positive, there's negatives. What do you guys think about it? With Sam and his chemistry with these guys, do you think he's going to be okay? You know, early on, I would hope so. And, and, and this, is, this is a big deal because, it, again, we're, we're touching upon uh, the, the COVID issue, which is limiting our opportunity to do some of these things because we don't have a, a, a standard preseason. So, now we're, we're going to struggle. You're, you're right that it, it, maybe ha it, it might have been maybe a little bit more beneficial for these guys to, you know, kind of have these things, uh, you know, beginning and then, you know, as the season and, and meaningful games start to, to happen, that these guys are, are coming in. But it, it, we're going to struggle early. We kind of expected that we would. I don't, I don't think anybody that's involved in either of our shows uh, has, you know, kind of the Homer gene. Um, and, and it's realistic. So <laughs> the Buffalo game is going to be interesting. The Buffalo game is going to be interesting because... The, the strength of our team is really the strength of their team also. The defense. Our defense is the strength of our team right now, period. Point blank. That's it. The strength of their team is the defense. Point blank, period. And I say that specifically because they have Josh Allen as their quarterback. There's no <laughs> way. There's Trash. no way. There's no way. And, and, and you know, CJ knows I, I made this point when we were when, uh, just referencing the last podcast. We had, uh, we had Ryan on, Ryan, Ryan Thomas. I mean, we were talking about we were talking about Buffalo. And, you know, kind of kind of giving it to Ryan a little bit about about uh, about Josh Allen, but also recognizing that he even understands that Sam Darnold is a better quarterback for what it is that we're trying to do, and he would actually be a better quarterback for what they're trying to do also. So we have a little bit of an edge in that regard. But I still feel it's going to be a very 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 close game. I think my prediction was we might not actually see double digits on either side. Um, and if and if there is a winner, that winner is going to be extremely close, probably a, a field goal or something like that, because we're going to kick this, we're going to kick the crap out of each other, and uh, you know we'll we'll just let the chips fall where they may. But at this point in time, if I'm being realistic, us getting those guys back for that game it gives us a better opportunity to be victorious, but it also means that going on beyond that game, San Francisco and all the other those in, in Indianapolis and all of those, which are yeah. really going to be hard games for us. Yeah. I think those guys, even if we lose, I think those guys are going to be much more confident. It changes the narrative behind those games and not necessarily maybe this one. I feel you on that. Uh, good point. I've got to ask a question to Wookie. Wookie, sure. um, Moncrief, we just signed Moncrief, okay? Mm -hmm. And because we're getting all these people hurt and Moncrief is what he is, you know, whatever. So he comes in and is looking like a, you know, he, he's looking like a valued 
asset right away. He, it, it, they, the, uh, what the writers were saying that him and him were just immediately had a connection, and he beat Bless on Austin for a seventy-yard touchdown today and a bomb. Ooh. Does that? Does that? Um, obviously, it looks good in one practice. <laughs> it's not saying that he's going to be great or anything, but having a guy like that off the street, somebody, a veteran who's been in a couple of camps and getting there and then auto- immediately having rapport with the with the um, quarterback and being able to beat the number one cornerback on that team because Desir has been hurt, he's coming back, and that's another guy we really need healthy before week one, I digress. Does that, a guy like that potentially bring a hidden value that we didn't even know existed? Well, I think a guy like that that's been around, he knows, uh, he obviously knows how to be a professional wide receiver. He can help out with younger people on the team uh, in the position meetings. Um, and I mean, like you said, we know what he is. He, I mean, he's not going to be winning any offensive awards this year. If he can play solid week in, week out and not be hurt, uh, he's got to be... He's got to be a uh, positive in the locker room, I, I would imagine. And uh, my main question really is, is it worth it for as far as giving a ch- the seat of a receiver slot to him instead of an unknown like Jehu or uh, one of these younger guys who may have upside, but they're, you know, they're just shots in the dark. But a guy like Moncrief, he hasn't really sustained it. Is it, is it better to bring in guys like that to help out the Chris Hogan's of the world and whatnot? Oh, I think so. Absolutely. Um, I mean, any, any veteran that's been around uh, and, and understands, you know, just how to let these guys know not only how to be a football player, but, you know, what's going to be happening to them in their uh, professional lives and outside of football, off the field as well. Um, helping Sam, I think, being a veteran, it would be a comfort level if they can uh, develop uh, a good relationship on the field. Obviously, you want a solid receiver in that position because Sam can then know, I know where he's going to be on every play, every route he's running, and he's not going to be inconsistent. He's not going to upset or you know disrupt the offense. So I think that's going to help Sam, definitely. Okay. And CJ, what is what about Sam's performance so far in camp? You know, you've, you've heard, you've been following like me from the beginning to the middle through the struggles last year last week like you know you read them all you saw them until today what what's your what's your thoughts because connor hughes said on his podcast they straight up this is what he said he said you know a guy who's coming in his third year you know i you know we want him to have a blow away season but i just don't see it he says i haven't seen the wow moments he's been okay He's made the plays, but he hasn't been, you know, like I haven't walked away from the pra- the, lo- the practice line saying, yeah, this guy is going to have a tremendous 2020 season. And he said, you know, the Bills, they eliminated all the variables. You know, uh, uh, Josh Allen has a running game. He has an offensive line. He has receiving core. He has all he has a coach. He has everything. So if the Bills don't succeed, we know what Josh Allen is. He said, Sam doesn't you know we don't even know yet because of his offensive line because of his receivers and whatnot so he didn't really give him a high grade so far in camp he said it was it's he's been okay you agree with him no i don't and i think that if connor hughes is going to have that type of an assessment then tell him to go report for the buffalo bills if he's he's slots all over josh allen strong you know i mean give me a freaking break over here you're positive news on your on your own freaking quarterback you're going to sit here and tell me you don't know what Sam Darnold is? Okay, how about this? Listen, Sam Darnold, in his first three years, his first two years, okay, he's going into year number three. First year that he was in this league, he had Jeremy Beach for an offensive coordinator who couldn't find his ass with two hands in a map and the 31st-ranked offensive line in the NFL, plus literally no weapons around him. Okay, that's number one. Number two, last year with Adam Gase and his and his play calling would <laughs> against the league's worst. Let me emphasize that, worst, because for some reason, people can't seem to digest this very simple fact, Michael, and it aggravates the absolute piss out of me, okay? The Jets had the worst offensive line in professional football, okay? I could go find an AAF team that is now belly up on the side of the road somewhere in Cleveland that could probably play better than the offensive line played last year. But we don't know who Sam Darnold is, right? 
oh, his stats didn't just take a jump from year one to year two, despite the fact of the pathetic offensive line that the Jets criminally neglected in front of this kid. They have given this kid absolutely nothing to work with, and they have asked this kid to perform miracles. Last I checked, Sam Donald's name is not Jesus Christ, okay? So if Connor Hughes is going to sit here and say Sam Donald is, in air quotes, okay, with the upgraded talent around him, when this poor kid now has to count on everybody else getting up to speed into a playbook that he already has absorbed in year three, and you're going to come out and say he's okay because we already know who Josh Allen is. Go report for the Buffalo Bills, you jackass. We know who who Josh Allen is, but we also know who the players on Josh Allen's team are. Well, I just want to say he said that if Josh Allen fails this year, given all the eliminated variables, then we will know. Who Josh Allen is? That was his. That's what his yeah. quote was. And and, and that I think, I think that that kind of goes that kind of goes to the point I that I just said. Yeah, that that kind of goes to the point I was just making though. And we know who Josh Allen's supporting cast is. We know who uh, you know uh, uh, Stephon Diggs is. We know we know uh, John Brown. We know those guys. We know who the running backs are. And we know we know the coach actually has a functioning brain and can do things you know on the fly, and make changes as necessary. We know that. We have no clue really what's going on right now with Sam Donald other than the fact that we've seen him make plays with guys that really shouldn't be making those type of plays. I said this on Twitter the other day and then I you know I got some 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 feedback from it but the play doesn't care who makes it, right? The play doesn't not care who makes it. As long as we are doing what it is that we can within the framework of the offense, I think Sam has enough talent to make uh, maybe make some things happen with the guys that we have. But yeah, well, are you are you expecting him to be uh, uh, to CJ's point, you expecting us to be Jesus Christ superstar? That's that's an unrealistic. I'm expecting I'm expecting four thousand yards. And excuse my language, I don't give a crap about the 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 the, the talent. I understand that may be an ignorant comment, but yo, you no, know what, man? No, you know what? You know what? You know what? Not, I am expecting this kid expectation. You, it's not an unreasonable expectation for this kid to throw for four thousand yards. You know why? Because that kid would have thrown for four thousand yards last year had he not get mono. Okay. Had he not injured his, had he not injured his ankle? Okay. In year number one, he probably would have been close to four thousand yards in his rookie season. Yeah, Let's and, cut the whole shit. And, and to your point, stop. And, stop with this, people. Sam Darnold is the real deal. And if the Jets last year would have spent $40, 50000000 million upgrading their fucking offensive line the same way the Buffalo Bills did, okay, that they were throwing money sacks at every jackass that came through the hole. You know what? The only reason that Josh Allen is relevant is because they spent almost $50 million, because Buffalo spent almost $50 million on an offensive line. That's why. Hey, Keith, who's the number one yards per game thrower for a quarterback for the New York Jets in in history, yards per game. Who averaged more yards per game than any other quarterback in the history of the Jets? Off the top of my head, I I mean I'm I'm guessing you're leading to saying it's Sam. It's Sam Darnold, oh, and go. he did that at 21 and 22 with the worst offensive line and terrible p- terrible weapons to 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 what CJ was saying. So is it, is our it, our franchise on? leader. Our franchise leader in yeah. all-time yards per game is this kid with nothing. But I think I think what the writers do is they're not writing things and grading him on a curve in their minds, um, taking all those things into account. I think they're just saying, oh, this is what I see. Forget about the fact that his coach is Adam Gase, who I just think is absolutely clueless. Um, forget about the fact that for his first two years, he basically just fed him to the – last year he played 13 games. He got sacked 33 times. He got pressured like 70 times, you know, like yeah. he went back there and he didn't have any time to throw. If he if Tom Brady would have played on the Jets last year or any quarterback, if you're going to put Patrick Mahomes in the Jets last year. If he was pressured as much as Sam, you wouldn't see stats like they have. And I'm, I'm not saying Sam is in the, in the category of those guys, but I think sometimes it's not taken into account how horrific the offensive line was. It affected everything. Le'Veon Bell, for instance, last year averaged <laughs> Le'Veon Bell averaged. The least yards per carry of any Ooh. running back in the history of the Jets. Is Le'Veon Bell the worst running back we've ever had? Right. No! Good point. Good we, point. We, we, we just had the worst. We, we, we can name five. We, Blair Thomas was a New York Jet. He ruined my childhood. 
So I can, name, I can name, I can name, I can hundred bums right now that we know are better than that we know Le'Veon Bell is better than, but yet Le'Veon Bell ranks lower than them yards per carry. Is it because Le'Veon Bell's a bum? No, and that the context is what we're saying. People will people will give Lev that slack. They'll go, oh wait, but the line stuck. But with Sam, they go, oh, no, that's forget about giving him slack. That's just him, though, right? I mean, you, you contextually you have to apply it to everything. Our line wasn't just bad; it was historically bad. Oh, it, it was one. It was the worst offensive line I could ever remember. So, if our offensive line is ranked twentieth in the league, okay, mm -hmm. which would probably put us right underneath the plateau. Okay, figure thirty-two. Okay, sixteenth is a is a little bit much to ask for. So we'll give them the benefit of the doubt, and this is the first year they're on a rebuilt offensive line. If they play anywhere between the, if they're ranked anywhere between nineteenth to 21st in the NFL that easily easily equals two to three more wins for the New York Jets this season oh absolutely Hand and it goes for every single quarterback I know if they get pressured Tom Brady would be here forever put pressure on Brady he's not the same quarterback no shit everybody knows that <laughs> you, can't, you can't be pressured every single play that you drop back the whole season you know what I'm saying like you, you end up becoming like shell-shocked you know, you're like one of these guys coming back from Nam or something, you know, by the end of the season. And Sam... Dress disorder. <laughs> instead of... Sam, instead of him going into a shell as the year went on, as he kept getting absolutely clobbered, he actually played better as the year went on. So, I mean, last year, just, just for... To throw it out, I just looked it up. Like CJ said, last year, the Minnesota Vikings were the 19th-ranked offensive line. So, that team had a... And all of us would be... In our minds, to us, that's a pretty good offensive line. We thought... So if the Jets are in the 15 to 20 range for us compared to the last three seasons, even before Sam, that's a big jump. And I would think just off that, we should be able to at least operate drives in a better manner. Not 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 do a run play where Le'Veon Bell gets blown up for a negative three when he's just getting the ball handed off to him. He can't even do anything. You look at the end of the game, you're like, damn, Le'Veon Bell didn't do that good. And you're like, well, seven times he got the ball, he got tackled in the backfield. Because right. our line can't do anything, you know? Or Sam drops back at third and six, or, or third and ten, and he has to wait a little while for these guys to get open. He needs three seconds. He doesn't get three seconds. You know, he's getting clobbered by somebody. So, you know, I think th th this year coming up, Mike, we've probably been more positive than we've been in the past. It's because I do think Sam's going to take that step. I do think the line's going to be better. Um, I do think coming up week one in this season, the Jets are going to surprise some people, and I know our schedule is difficult. At least on paper, it's difficult. The year is going to play out how the year plays out. There's plenty of times I thought we had an easy schedule. Didn't end up being that way. Plenty of times I thought we had a hard schedule. Didn't end up being that way. I bet you plenty of people right now look on their schedule see New York Jets, and they go, oh, that's a W, right, guys? But it's not going to be that easy this season. We're going to be much better than people think, and it starts week one in Buffalo, Mike. That's where yep. it starts. That's, that's where, where it we starts. Get, that's where we get the ball rolling, and if we do have everybody on the same page, and, and Mike, what do you think? I mean, we talked We talked to the boys, too, from Weapon Title. It was about six weeks ago how we thought the year was going to go. We've had six weeks to, to move forward here. Adams isn't on the team anymore. Some things have changed with the Jets. Some guys have ascended. Some guys have dropped off. Quinn and Williams looks like a whole new man, at least physically. So a lot of different things have come up with the Jets. What do you guys think week one? Mike, we'll start with you. What do you think week one with the Bills? Do you still feel like? I know you thought it might be rough week one. What do you think week one with the Jets? Yo, you guys all know me like... Y'all know me, man. Like I want to, you know, I want to win. And I'm positive. You know what I'm saying? And I've been all over this team, following every everything. And uh, there is mad risk right now. Um, there's a lot of risk to this team and its ability. I have um, to uh, really dominate and and go out and do what's got to do, <sighs> man. Man, I don't know. I want. I rather to hear. I want to hear that. What? I want to hear what um, Kevin and CJ, what their predictions are for Week One. I, I don't want to. I don't want to say what I want to say yet. Kevin, tell me what, what's going to happen Week One. I, I, I think. I, I think. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a tough game. I honestly do think it's going to be a tough game. But I think that all of the stuff that we've touched on so far about the time being missed in preseason all that, I think that's going to be a little difficult for us to overcome that. So when, when I say that I think it's going to be a really close game and, you know, it might come down to a field goal, um, no. I, I'll, I'm, I'm going to discuss that a little further, I'm sure, uh, later on in the show. But I'm thinking it's like 9-6, Buffalo. 
and uh, and 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 the only reason I'm even, I, I, you know, I'm not gonna say I'm confident in that, but I really kind of do feel like that is just where we are right now. Yes, we're a better team. Yes, look, just if if you if you were to just say that the 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 few players that we did add give us a little bit of an edge, that's enough. But it's not gonna be enough to beat a playoff caliber team yet. When we get towards the end of the season, middle of the season, when these guys have had some time to gel, when the offensive line looks like they've done something and, they, and they're actually starting to be a cohesive unit, then maybe, you know, better teams we can, you know, more than likely not only be in, but even, you know, we, we might kick somebody's ass this season. Now they're just like, where the hell did that come from? That's going to be us. That's who we are. That's who we're transitioning to be. I'm not sure we're there yet. It's a little too early for me. Um, you know, I'm going to tell you something, and I'll, I'll just say this. The, the, the Buffalo game is going to be a, a difficult struggle for us. But I just really got a nasty feeling that we molly rocked the 49ers, man. I'm telling you, I, I just, I really have a, a, a I, I, it's like an itch. Like if I had 50 bucks in, in, in something right now, I'd, I'd put it all on black right now because I'm telling you, I think we're going to spank the 49ers. And, and I think it's going to be even worse if we do come out of that Buffalo game with an L. What do you, what do you think? Uh, yeah, before, before CJ, Wookie, what do you Outside, what are you thinking uh, with the Jets and Buffalo? Uh, I think you guys are going to surprise week one. As we say here, I, I, you know, obviously I'm a Giant fan, but I do believe that they're the Hill people as well. Okay. I, I think you guys are gonna ed- I think you guys will edge it out 7-3. I'll, I'll go 7-3, and uh, yeah, I'll stick by that. I'll stick by that. Wow. Wow. Ooh, right. tight game. Wow. Yep. Throw, throwback tight game. Tight one, right? Defense shows up big time. What do you think, CJ? I think it's going to be tight, but you know what? I think both teams are going to put points on the board. And you know what? I think the Jets are going to come out. They're going to come out with a chip on their shoulder. They're going to come out angry. And they're they're going to try to make Buffalo one-dimensional. I really think that Buffalo's running game is not going to do shit. I think that the Jets improved pass rush by committee. And I really think Jabari Zuniga is going to have a huge impact should he make that 53, which I think he will. Okay, he he gets an opportunity to get his hand in his, get his hand in the dirt, and they play that four three the same way that Dan Mullen used to play that four three in, in in situational football in, in at the University of Florida. I'm telling you, Zabari Zuniga, all right, freaking Kyle Phillips, Foley Fatukasi, they are going to make Josh Allen's life a living hell, and I'm telling you that Jets defensive line is going to be out for blood. They are going to come out to prove that, you know what? No C.J. Mosley, no Jamal Adams, no problem. We'll beat you another way. Another guy will step up and take care of business. We all are capable of stepping up and taking care of business. Because I think that this defense is on a mission. This defense is on a mission to, to, to make everybody realize that it doesn't just come down to one player. It's an entire unit. It's 11 guys on the field all playing for one singular purpose. All right, I know it sounds like a, a pep talk and a rah-rah, but you know what? I just think that there's there's a vibe around this Jets team that they're very angry. And I really cannot wait for them to beat the shit out of the Buffalo Bills because I really think that's going to happen. It's going to be a tight game. Yeah, it's probably going to be a 17-14 game. New York Jets, I think, um, unfortunately, it's going to end up having to come down to the leg of Sam Ficken, who you know I wouldn't trust with a fucking raw potato. But, but you know what? Don't, don't you don't you put that on me, Ricky Bobby? Don't you put that on me, please? Oh, Listen, <laughs> the alternative is Jason Vedvik, and thank God he's still bagging groceries. No, they could get Hauschka. They could get go ahead Hauschka right now. They could go get him. Hauschka has not been the same ever since that groin injury, dude. I'm sorry, he's not. And you know what? I don't trust him either. So yeah, at this point, if, I, if I'm if i Adam Gase, I go for it on fourth down. So just to piss off Sean McDermott, just to piss off Josh Allen, and then every time the Jets convert the, convert the, the first down, all right, if I'm Sam Donald, I look over at the sideline to Josh Allen and I flip him the double bird. I say, this one's for you, sweetheart. So you say, are, are the Bills going to win? Or the Jets, you think the Jets are going to walk away with a W? Yes, I do. I do yeah. because okay. I think at this point, the, the Jets are angry. They are a very angry football team, and people don't seem to realize how angry this football team is. When you get players that come out and say they're sick, they're, they're sick of losing. Yeah. Okay. You know what? They're angry, and they're gonna take it out on whoever it is that they play. 
And, and what I want to see is I want to see 16 angry games of football from this team. Because whenever a team comes into MetLife or the New York Jets go into whoever's building that they have to play, it ain't going to be no circular W. If there's going to be a W given out, hopefully it's going to be the New York Jets taking that W. But you know what? If the other team is going to beat the Jets, the Jets are not going to roll over and, and, and let everybody walk all over them. The Jets are going to beat the shit out of you. And if you're going to get that W, you're going to earn it. And then you're going to feel it for a couple weeks afterwards. But I want I want MetLife to be a place of fear for the rest of the NFL. That's what I want. Look, all right, I'm going to – Keith, I'm going to break this down, okay? I think the Jets' defensive line is better than the Bills' offensive line. And I don't think that they're going to be able to run on the New York Jets. I think Quinnen Williams is going to be the best defensive player on the New York Jets this year. That's my opinion. And because of that, I do not think that the this in this game, that they're going to be able to effectively run the ball. That's my expectation. So that means that Josh Allen is going to have to run on the outside. And to CJ's point, they're pissed. And one of the people who are pissed is Jordan Jenkins. And Jordan Jenkins has been a man possessed in camp. And I think Jordan Jenkins is going to get after Josh Allen. Okay. And I think Josh Allen is going to make hay way somewhere in the middle of the field. But there is a guy named Ashton Davis who's been shining in camp. And Greg Williams has run in these three safety sets. And they're going to box him in. Now, I am a little worried about Pierre Desir, okay? And Pierre Desir has not being healthy on Stefan Diggs, but Josh Allen can't throw the deep ball and is a scrub. I don't think Diggs will play week one. He's got that back injury, and so far he's been listed as questionable. I don't think he plays week one. Oh, okay. Well, whether that's he a, plays or whatever. That, okay, whether he plays or not, I'm just saying I think the Jet defense is going to hold Buffalo at bay. Now, flip it to the offense of the New York Jets. I don't think that the rapport between Sam and the, and the receivers are going to be anywhere near where they need to be, okay, number one. But I do think, based on what I have seen in camp, Herndon is going to ball, okay? Herndon's going to ball, and we all know that Crowder is going to do what he's got to do. Now, I definitely think Tredavious White and the cornerbacks are going to take out Mims and Perriman. I don't think they're really going to be much of a factor, okay, in my opinion, in this game. But the X factor here, to me, is Adam Gase. Adam Gase has to use Le'Veon on the outside. He has to utilize him. That's going to be his X factor. You understand? Because if you have some of these complicated wide, three, four, five wide receiver sets and you got Lev Bell outside, which he did in that green and white practice, I think Sam Darnold is good enough to take advantage of that defense. You're not going to beat him straight away with a guy like Perriman or Mims. You're not. But you're going to have to get you're going to have to get crafty. Look at the defense and Sam is going to have to call the, the, the a, a really good game. I think that the Jet offensive line is going to hold its own against the Bills defensive line. I think Makai Becton, like you saw today, Luvu got a sack on Sam two days ago, right? And did the same bullshit to Becton today, and Becton put him in the stands. You know what I'm saying? This kid is learning every single day. Okay, Connor McGovern. And now you're going to have Alex Lewis hopefully back with with McGov with uh, uh, Van Roten. And then Fan, who's been decent. I think the t the line is going to be decent for Sam. So that all being said, and even though we know McDermott is a better coach than Adam Gase, I think that the Jets can pull this off because Sam is undefeated in Buffalo and they win a close one, 13 to 10. I like it, Mike. I like where your head's at. And I think that what you mentioned is probably how it's going to play out. They're going to turn it into a game that J uh, Josh Allen has to pass the ball. 
And when they're put into a situation, the Bills, when Josh Allen has to pass the ball, they're not that good of a team. I know their defense is great, but Josh Allen's not very accurate, not the best decision maker. Last year, week one, first half of the game, he was just an absolute train wreck. Second half, the second half of the game, they got it together. We know how that went. I think this year, I mean, I'm looking for a positive outcome there on Buffalo, Mike. I just think we're a better team than the Bills, and I think the Bills are just wildly overrated. And I'm not saying the Jets are going to be some great team this year, but I think we're a lot better than people are giving us credit for. And if we go up there and, ma- and I think we match up pretty decent with the Bills, if you guys think about it, you know, like Mike, Mike just said, like CJ just said, all oh, you guys just illustrated, man, I won't beat a dead horse. I think we actually match up pretty decent with them. And if Sam is the guy we think he is, doesn't have mono week one, isn't playing the game with 103 degree temperature, I can't even hit the garbage out when I have 130 degree temperature. You know, last year this guy played, this guy played an NFL football game. So, um, you know, we'll go up there and, you know, there's not going to be the, the hill people won't be in the crowd. Because there's not going to be any fans up there. So it's not even like, I think at least, as long as they're they're beholden to the rest of New York State. We know they kind of do what they want up there in the hills of New York. You know, I don't, the, the crowd's not going to be a factor, Mike. I just think now that I know or at least feel like we're going to be healthy, we want I feel a lot better. A couple days ago, I didn't feel that way. But um, I really want to just go up to Buffalo and smack this team, Mike, because you know I have a lot of personal animosity with the city of Buffalo and these fans in particular. The town that proves that beauty is skin deep, but ugly goes all the way to the bone. All the way. We know that. <laughs> you know, Buffalo, Buffalo is the town where the birth control is just turned the light on. You know, that's it. It's all you got to do. And you see, Yo, I'm using that. You, you see the sloppy mess you're hanging out with. But Mike, week one, I'm excited for it. Guys, thank you so much for being with us this week. You guys hit it out of the park, as you always do. We're on the precipice of the Jets season. I hope everything goes smooth with the NFL, with COVID, with everything. There's no hiccups. I want to just have, I need it. I need football back in my life just because of the way this year has been. And I'm really excited. No fans in the stands, but the Jets are here and we're ready to get the season going. So guys, thank you very much for being with us again. And CJ, if anyone does want to get at you guys, listen to you guys and support you in any way, shape, or form, where could they do that? All right, you can follow the show on Twitter at CNC Jets Factor. You can follow me at JetsFan0523, my partner in crime on the other side of the glass, Mr. Kevin Jackson, at Spotty Blackman. Shoot the show an email, Podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget, we got a Facebook page. You could also find us on www.spreaker.com forward slash sports war radio and of course exclusively on both the worldwide sports radio network and most recently snowman digital media the show is blowing up guys so get on it if you have not listened to it yet man these guys are the best guys in the game mike if anyone wants to listen to us tell them what's up well we're hosted on the elite sports radio network you can find us on soundcloud itunes iHeartRadio, spreaker.com we're all over the place you can find us on Facebook at AEB.JetsRadio, on Twitter at AEBG underscore NYJ Podcast, and on Instagram at Jet.AEBG. Season's upon us. Jet fans, we love you. Get at you next week. Peace out. Hey, this is John Amos, and uh, they say it ain't easy being green. Are you ready? The New York Jets can beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next summer. The New York Jets. I think Jet fans are very passionate. Thank you, all you fans. They got their guy. Darnold falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. That's such an upside. I think Jet fans are very passionate. Brady sucks. Don't be the sucks. Don't want a number leaver.